I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. This is a Domino Sound production. Trigger, 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 trigger. Trigger, trigger. Hi, I'm Nolika Radway. And I'm Andrea O'Brien, and this is Triggered. Our podcast about all things media that have us in our feelings. So, yes. hi, Anne. Hi, Nalika. How you feeling? All right. I'm feeling, I'm feeling. I'm, I am, I am, I am, um, I am, I'm open. All right. I'm a little, like, I'm a little exposed right now. I'm a little, I'm feeling a little, a little. A little vulnerable, a little like I'm here. I'm here for it. Um, so we like to start um, the podcast by sharing our tarot. I can start because All I right. pulled this morning very intentionally, and I received the star. Ooh, you're one of your uh, faves. I know. I you know I like I write all my tarot cards, and this one is my blue card. My reminds me of my oldest daughter. Um, interestingly enough. And um, I won't read the whole thing, but I'll read the end. It says, the star is here to remind you that you are now ready to enter a metamorphosis. Hmm. Rage and healing meet your highest self. Sounds about right. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds about where I am Don't you wish you could let the listeners into the tea so so they would understand? (laughs) No, it's okay. No, that's, but, not, um, that's not what you want to do? I'm nah, like... No, nah, I'm good. No, <laughs> no, nah, nah, I'm good. Um, I barely want myself in my own tea. So, but anyhow, I am definitely like, yeah, sounds about right. Sounds about right. What about you? What you got for us today? So I pulled this morning as well. Um, was a little intentional about mine. Um, and I got the five of pentacles, which... Shows like you know a little little lonely child, and it says turmoil. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's really about like it is about loss. It's about confirming Mm -hmm. your loss, but it's also about knowing that there's like a different path, and it's hopeful. And so the end of it says, and just the last line says, "The Five of Pentacles confirms a loss, but hopes for a solution." So there's a lot in here about things that were not completed and things that you Mm -hmm. wanted to see grow and things that you never got to see come to fruition, but that you have like, you still have your internal stuff. You still have your gifts. You, you know, you still need to forgive yourself and let your family understand whoever your family is, whatever that represents that, you know, they work hard, you work hard. There's still a path forward, even if what you thought was going to be the path forward is not available anymore so that confirming loss and hoping for a solution is my whole entire life right now Mm -hmm. on many facets so Mm -hmm. it was it was um Mm -hmm. it was good it was confirmation today specifically like Mm -hmm. i think it's right yeah i think these 
Listener, can you hear? Can listeners can, can you hear the? Can you hear the? Can you hear the mood? Can you, can you hear the melancholy? I mean, of, of your of your of our our of our duo right now. Can you, and can I you wish you it? could see my outside because it is like usually where I'd see the New York City skyline. It's just a mass of gray clouds. So that is like <laughs> I am Sorry. like damn it. <laughs> but actually. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling in the moment. Like, I'm feeling okay. like, no, you know what? This gray cloud and my, my mind space, we're matching. We're good. I'm, okay. <laughs> I'm right. not fighting it. Well, I'll start. I'm going to yes. start. I'm going to start. So. What'd you get into no, this, this week? Like, <laughs> oh, geez, Louise. Um, my feelings. I got all in, I got into my feelings. So, um, I'm just going to say it. So so I've been watching um and this will not be the only time I've ta- I'm talking about this this um this show but it's worth talking about multiple times so whichever episode of this podcast you hear you'll be reminded <laughs> to go see it. So the couples therapy mm. on Showtime that I've been it's is I've been I've been I've been watching. Um <laughs> I've been watching. Um, there was a, there's a, that you turned me on to, Anne. Um, I watched the last episode that, well, the last episode that aired was just a bonus episode about COVID, like Ooh, the COVID special. Let's do it. Let's do it. It's my fave. <laughs> Ooh, I, y'all could see Nolika's face. Because <laughs> I didn't know what, I didn't know, you know, mm-hmm. like I didn't know all of what I was going to be ingesting as I watched that um as I watched that last episode, I want to say this. There's a lot of things about it that is triggering because, um, I mean, it's just about what it is to be in relationship with another person and trying to be yourself and know yourself and like all of the things, all of the things, all of the things. But the particular thing that I want to say that I found um, triggering about it is there's a scene well, let me just, I'm going to give a little backstory. So in this episode, they kind of fast forward through the year of the pandemic. 2020. So like really quickly. Like it's like, it's crazy. It's well, whoever edited this, whoever's producing this shit is like um, genius. To you. Yeah. Like kudos to you. So basically you see these, these couples that are in like just living their life, pandemic hits, and then there's some shit. Then the continued killing of unarmed black folks happens and the mm-hmm. protests happen and 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 but these couples are in their relation and and the shit hits and then the election and the shit like so life is happening parallel to their life happening yeah and it's both impacting and then separate from and i was just incredibly it was like triggering to see how many couples first of all don't talk about these larger world issues and how what the implications may be mm-hmm. in their own relationships mm-hmm. and that was a little like it was triggering because like there's one couple particularly they're a biracial couple a black woman white man they have a black a son um and it was like they were not prepared they did had not had the hard conversations about like what does it mean for us both to be in this relationship and be living this life. The white man is in law enforcement on top of it. I mean, the whole thing is sound sounded crazy. Yep, it is worth watching. It is really. I mean, I'm I was I, I have feelings about it. And then there was this other relationship, which is a 
a a black man and and his wife is Puerto Rican and they too yeah. had not had conversations about race and how it impacted their family. And I know black couples who aren't having conversations about like how race and these things impact them like their families and and it's just like shocking to me and triggering to me and really what I appreciated and I find to be true is in therapy the therapist is like this one of the one of the things that really and I don't know if it's in this COVID special and another special but part of the therapist's work is that she um, meets with other therapists to help her think about what she's the therapy she's offering her clients and she met with this black mm-hmm. male therapist Mm-hmm. that gave me my whole entire life <laughs> and I just want him to be out in the world. I'm so happy the show exists so people know he exists in the world. His demeanor, his clarity, his words of guidance and wisdom, I was just like here for all of it. And so please go check out Couples Therapy on Showtime. If you don't got time <laughs> to get into all of the shits and watch the whole season, you can just watch yes. the COVID special episode mm-hmm. and get your whole life. Yeah. Get your I, whole life. I gotta say before you move on, that black therapist felt like an ancestor sitting there. Like it felt oh like Oh my gosh. Wisdom was in yes. your face. And I was just watching with my mouth open. Like, wow, how do I find him? <laughs> yes. His whole energy, like you just wanna go sit at his feet. Like you're yes. just like yes. I just wanna go sit. <laughs> In your space and like soak up whatever you have. It, 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 it he he quite remarkable, quite yes. remarkable. I am very. I was really. It was worth it all to just know that that person exists in the world, and it was amazing. Like there's so many. There literally that show. I cannot. We Anne and I. We have already. Like I already said, we have to. We have to go live. Like we need to do a whole triggered. Live, yes live special like we gotta go i won't even talk about it anymore we're gonna break it down because that shit (laughs) is the truth all right and what do you have for us all right so Mm -hmm. i'm gonna give you four topics you choose we talked about all right so all right candace benbo's take on kirk franklin (gasps) d'angelo bob marley and his many women uh lil kim and her insecurity you pick well well, I definitely 100% want the first one. Like, that's okay. not without. But I don't, I don't know if we need to start there. We can start a little lighter. Let's do little Kim and her insecurity for 100, Bob. All right. So let's do it. Um, minding my business on Instagram, which is never me minding my business. It's me just, you mm-hmm. know, rabbit holes. Mm-hmm. Um, come across this post. <laughs> right. Me, rabbit holes. Mm-hmm. We are a thing. Black Love Bible has been with this, this account called Black Love Bible has been with the shits all week. So they post this picture of little Kim probably sometime in the 90s because her face is still the original face that we know. She has on like a pale ash blonde pale wig and she has on like bluish contacts. And it's just Mm -hmm. this quote. And she's talking about how she's always been insecure and Mm -hmm. that she always got cheated on by men with these women who looked European and she kept mm-hmm. feeling like, what do I do about that? How do I compete with that? Being a regular mm-hmm. black girl is just not enough. Quote ends there. She said, 
She yes. quoted that in the nineties. Yes. Well, no, it's oh, two thousand. That... It's two thousand in uh, like a, a magazine, and I and I have the quote, and I will post it in our oh, links. Wow. Okay. But okay. I how was, introspective. How introspective, and this was two thousand. So here we are, twenty one mm-hmm. years later. We know that little Kim looks very different. She has her reasons. She yeah. has her rights. Not judging Kim, but well, so triggering. Maybe, maybe I mean, a little bit, but. Like uh-huh. triggering because we're having all these conversations in 2021, like I said, 21 years later, about mm-hmm. colorism and race and all of these things that are happening. And I'm sitting here like how many of us, all shades of the spectrum, we're not even talking about just generally being a woman in this society, have struggled mm-hmm. with insecurity and how much of our traumas have, would lead us to do all types of shit, right? So there were those of us like me who didn't have a choice, got a, got a, a relaxer put in her hair at four. And, you know, so clearly I wasn't paying for it. I didn't have a choice in it. Mm-hmm. But it is, and how long I struggled with not having one for many different reasons. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there, but that last line about being a regular black girl is not enough. Mm-hmm. Like, sitting in that and understanding it, and this is a woman who's famous, and we mm-hmm. all know, like, the crap that was going on in the background with Bad Boy and all that mm-hmm. stuff. But still, like, she's famous, she's out there, she's living her life, she has opportunity to travel, you know, whatever. And it's that constant feeling of feeding this monster of insecurity and white supremacy and all these things. And it was so sad. Like, I was so sad. Like, just, mm-hmm. and this, again, quote, is 21 years ago. And it's so, it was sat with me because I'm like, mm-hmm. how deeply ingrained this thing went and the lengths to which she went through, the many lengths that we all go through, in our anti-blackness and the ways in which our relationships with men or the partner of your choice like influences all that mm-hmm. and so it just it was so heavy and so triggering and mm-hmm. that was not what i was expecting when i heard the merry music because i'm like oh i can love you better that's my song oh kim let me read mm-hmm. this quote and it just took me for a in a whole different direction mm-hmm. it actually hits back into my next trigger whiteness being the goal mm-hmm. or like the comp like what we're trying to like even when we know it rejects us and how it even it's true for even white people like yeah. the fact that whatever renee zilliger did to her face whatever nicole kidman Oof. has done to her face like these women who are the you know the epitome of like whiteness and like what white beauty standards are and what they are doing to kind of like still achieve hold on to whatever that means I mean, you like, yeah, yeah, Lil Kim. Like, you know, like, sure, anybody. Yeah, like, we are truly all, fucked if like, you're fucked, Nicole Kidman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, the, if, the, if, yeah, if you're, if you're feeling like, you, like, what is going on with, with the rest of us? I watched, I, I was, I, I, I don't know why I watched this show. I think people are talking about <laughs> it. But um, there is a documentary on Netflix called Varsity Blues. Oh, I can't Operation wait to watch Varsity it. School. Oh, you've heard about it. Yes. College, so it's about the college admission scandal. Um, you know, all of these rich, white, wealthy folks uh-huh. paying to get their children into these elite schools. It was triggering for me, I think, in the sense of, like, there's not... So there's not a lot of new information there. I think right. in that it's a worthwhile scene because... It wasn't a lot of new information for me, I guess. Yeah. I work in education. I I think about colleges and schools. I do think there's a lot of interesting insight around how this actually works, like what p- 
people do to give their children an edge that I mm-hmm. think are going to be shocking to most folks. Not shocking to me because I've seen it. Yeah. Um, I've worked in private schools in New York City for a, a large part of my career, and the shit that people do to give their children an edge is absolutely insane and absurd. Um, but the part of the sh- so I won't get into it. I think people you should watch it. I think it'll it, there are things to learn. But I will say one of the things that like really triggered me is they show these shots of I guess now when kids get into college or are finding out they get into college, they like you do it on the computer and there yeah. are all these videos of like kids, you know, people around celebrating. them celebrating that they got into. College. So they so they do so there's a part of the film where they do it and they show the video of the kids who don't get into college. Oh, I've never and seen that. Watching that. You've never seen that. I have right? never like seen ne- that. <laughs> you've never seen that. But of course that happens, right? But you never see those videos on social media oh, of so when you don't get in to college and you have the whole pe- all the friends around and you're oh. in the middle of the cafeteria or your whole family is there and you press the button and you have on the, you know, the sweatshirt the paraphernalia and the merch and oh. everything. You press the button and it says, and they had, you know, you did not get accepted. Thank you so much for your applying. And they showed some of those. Oh, God. And I was like, this is so fucked up what we are doing to ourselves and to our children. And for what? This is all bullshit. We know, like, we know, you didn't need this movie. We didn't need this scandal. We all know that the way that college is designed, edu- the education system is skewed. Like, it's just, they just said this, that, that's true. If you want to predict how well someone is going to do on standardized tests, you ju- it's, it's directly related to the level of income in their household. This is the truth. Point blank, period. Yes, Point this is the truth. Point blank, <laughs> period. And so it's like, what are we doing? It's just the heartbreak. Just the heartbreak around like you have you have done all of your work. You you've wrapped up all of your self worth, all of your ability or thinking that you're gonna get get out of the like your situation. You're gonna get out of um you know your come up like you know the lies they tell black children about if you you know education is is the key. If you work hard, mm. you are going to make it. And be- the lies, lies I tell you, lies. Yes, I said it, lies. And the devastation that come over these children and the and anyway, it was incredibly heartbreaking. And I want to see more of that. I want to see more of the videos of the kids who don't get in because we need to know that that is the reality too. Like, why yeah. the fuck are you all sitting around? Um, what kind of that's insane? Yeah, put like that's you don't know, you don't know. So what? Like what? What? Like putting all this hype on this moment is like. Anyway, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. I remember, well, you, you know, back in the day when we got ours, it's just like the envelope comes. The, the big envelope or the little envelope? Little envelope. Big envelope, little envelope. I can't imagine. I can't was the little imagine. envelope fat? Did y'all try yeah. to trick me? Was it a fat little yes. envelope? Yes. Or? Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I can't oh. even imagine the internet. Oh, anyway. All right. me. So, second. All right. Tell me my last three. What was my last three that I so still choose from? D'Angelo? Candace on Kirk Cameron. Candace is happening. That's not, last. I'm saving not it Kirk for last. Cameron. I'm that oh my person. Gosh, I said Kirk I'm Cameron. that kind of person. Kirk that's, like, that's, that's the kind of person I am. So, I'm the one who say no, no, no. I want it last. I want it oh, last. Oh, we have to do it last. So we'll either Bob, so Bob Marley and his many women and D'Angelo and why he got out of music. Mm. I know. I know. 
I mean, I want, I need more. Like, Bob, is it new information about Bob Marley? It's not new information. There? It's it's okay. It's let's my go take D'Angelo. On. We're gonna go D'Angelo okay. again. Black Love Bible, right? Minding mm-hmm. my business. This was about <laughs> three days ago, right? <laughs> Black um, Love Bible. Shout it's, out. It's, to yes, Black Love it's Bible. IG account, and I happen on this post that says. Something to the effect of, do y'all remember when women sexualized D'Angelo to the point where he had to leave music? <gasps> then you swipe, <laughs> you know, it's the multiple post thing. I know exactly. About, I mean, he talks about how, you know, he, you know, after the how, how does it feel video where, you know, he takes off his shirt and he does the whole video. I mean, and, it's the best video. Right. I, and then, it's. <laughs> I don't understand. I gotta be honest with you guys. This is a side note. And then edit this out. But like, I'm not a like I'm not I'm not into <laughs> porn. Like I don't. I, this is not my thing. And you know, I respect that. That you know, other people they're into it. You know, like you know, I know like you know, my people into porn. But stuff like the I mean, the line between the that D'Angelo video and like I I could do that all day. Well, that's erotica. Is that what it is? That's erotica. You can okay, do erotica. Okay, I need to understand because like, yes, I'm like, you can is do that erotica. not You don't need to do porn. porn. But it doesn't yeah. feel like it. I know, I know. Talk to All me. Right, you know you. I have levels to this. <laughs> we'll talk about that next. Yeah, yeah. We'll do, a, we'll do an erotic, you know, a trigger erotic, erotic session. We'll do one of those. Go ahead. Sorry. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Yes, we'll, yes, we'll do that. So D'Angelo. So then you swipe and he goes into this thing. It's a quote from him where he talks about, you know, it got to the point where he was getting on stage and. The, he couldn't sing or hear himself because all he heard was the crowd oh, shouting shit. for him to take his clothes off. And, like, you know, panties would be glittering the stage and, you know, you know, he'd be trying to do music and all this thing happened. And, you know, so this whole, so, of course, you know, that happens. Dirty. And I'm already feeling mm-hmm, a little mm-hmm, in, mm-hmm. My, in my feelings about that. Not even dirty, but just like. Negro, nobody that's so interesting. That's not what like, I was that thinking. That was a say. choice. I, I wasn't thinking that. I was thinking right? Cause Cause I'm feeling guilty. I'm feeling a little dirty. No, like, did I contribute to his pain? That's interesting. I was not. I did not. Because here's the thing. So the mm-hmm. comments go on and there's, you know, the women like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I was up in your guts too. <laughs> I was here. And there's men like, if this was a man, if this was a man and this was a woman and there's the people like, you know, this is an industry thing. Everybody sexualizes themselves. And mm-hmm. I was just getting more and more angry because for me, I was like, here is another way in which women are being blamed for something, something that had nothing to do with them. Yes, I agree. That once D'Angelo did that, we we all went crazy, right? But his first album, the Brown Sugar mm-hmm. album, he came mm-hmm. out in a peak leather peacoat, sat behind a mm-hmm. piano. That mm-hmm. '90s leather peacoat. He was he might have been chubby under mm-hmm. there. He might not have been. We didn't know. We loved his music. Women still thought he was fine. All that stuff. Your second album, your choice was to after we loved you for the music and the look with your clothes on. Your choice was to do whatever you do. Your body looked beautiful, not body. Sh- you looked great. Mm-hmm. You made the video. <laughs> you and your team decided that this was the direction that you wanted to go. And I'm not sure what reaction you were looking for. And and, and I wouldn't say like to a woman like, okay, you put on mm-hmm. your deserve. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that do your inner work and figure out mm-hmm. what made you make that choice. And also... That didn't make you stop making music because if you wanted to make music, you could have made music. What it stopped you from doing was going on tour. Mm -hmm. I understand tour is money and all those things, but 
the women in the audience, and I, I can't say all of this because, and I can say yes. it, but I'm saying like, I'm not him. Yes. I don't know what yes. traumas he had. I don't know what triggered mm-hmm. him. I don't know all of this. But what triggered me was the, do you remember the point where d- women sexualized D'Angelo to the point where he stopped making music? And I was like, let's mm-hmm. not do that surface examination. Something made mm-hmm. D'Angelo stop making music. Something made him make the choices he made and something made him react mm-hmm. in the way where he shut down his music making, which led to all types of other things going happening and going left in his life. But again, it wasn't, <laughs> let's not be surface about the women sexualizing. There is something else there and I want accounts and people to do more work on that. But I'm asking people listen, to make, you know, they haven't listen, met themselves. And so, listen. so and this is what I want to so, say. And this is why I have a lot of things. This I is have where a, we are. I am triggered by your trigger. <laughs> I'm triggered by your trigger. There's feelings. Um, I want to <laughs> say that people weaponizing oppression is a whole, I've been like, Oof. it's a whole thing that I am. I didn't. We didn't know we were preaching today. That we I am know we were really. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Kind of <laughs> doing a lot of like I'm really I'm, I'm like it's it's hard work to investigate mm-hmm. all of what that's about how it functions, where I, how I come to it, how I engage with it. Um, I find it really painful and also confusing. And I think in this particular example, Black Love Bible is problematic as fuck, <laughs> right? Because D'Angelo as a human being and how he experiences, you know, how he, like what happened to him is valid. You know what I'm saying? It's valid. It's valid. I don't. He could have been yes. raped by a woman. That happens. You know what I'm saying? He could have like Absolutely. all of his personal, as a human being, individual experience and how that impacted. And if I in any way, valid, true. Know, I don't know D'Angelo at all, but like if any of my actions contributed to that pain, I want to like think about it. Yes. Messy, messy Black Love Bible. However, you know, appropriating that like. Mm-hmm you know real issue putting that tag at the beginning of it demonizing or finding a way to like equalizing misogyny with i don't know what happened you know d'angelo experience that's the bullshit and i think that bullshit that's is is why it makes it hard for not just like women to engage in conversations around where they do have privilege and power and like how they exercise it. But also like D'Angelo to have his own authentic experience. He ain't say that shit. He ain't, you know, like, you know, he ain't say that shit. And he didn't. That's the thing. I'm not mad at D'Angelo. It was, it was black love Bible to be clear posted a Twitter yeah. post by someone. So they did messy on purpose, on purpose. They, they curated put it that in the shit. caption they curated and then that shit. on purpose and then posted D'Angelo's post. So I'm like, I'm yes. not mad at D'Angelo. Yes. He felt how he felt. His feelings are valid. I feel 
I feel like damn you know i was kind of salivating yeah, like that's that's, that's you know what have you and at the time we seemed like we were engaged in something consensual yes. you put yourself out there i'm engaging with it yes. but it went yes. further like women experience all the time it went further than you wanted it to go yes. and it affected you all valid all real but that not doing yeah. the, deep, the the examination and deeper conversation. Do you remember the time that woman sexual? I was like, yes. if I don't come yes. to my computer yes. and grab yes. whoever is through behind have... this account for this surface nonsense. To me, why it's triggering and it kind of goes beyond just being problematic, but actually inciting. Yes. It's around that part of people weaponizing oppression. Yes. For, we're so fortunate to live in this time where we have access to all of these scholars and thinkers and books and ideas around our own oppression. But, you know, it's like, um, mm-hmm. you know, anybody can say some shit and they have the right language. And then you start right. to use like, wait a minute, oppression, power, privilege. And you start just mixing it up in your brain and it'll have you fucked up. It'll have you fucked up. And so, yeah, yep. I, I hear you. <laughs> my next like uh, mine is an ig post too and um there's you know when we're recording this it's kind of right after there's been um like a mass shooting of well many mass the united states why lord but anyway <laughs> there have been a couple of mass shootings um one particularly <laughs> targeting um members of the asian community and there's been a lot of conversations about the intersectionality of race and class and and privilege and like anti-blackness and and all of the things in it and i've seen some really great Mm -hmm. like people digging in but one of the posts that i came across is a post curated by the it's like at ting rolls i think this person says their name genevieve ting i don't know them at all i found i like found them through a rabbit hole of like saw a post on a person a friend of um, a friend's like stories and then i like to try to find who originated the post like you know like somebody reposts something if i really really fuck with it i would try Agreed. to like, go down a rabbit hole of, like who, who where's the starting point and that's yes I who's the author that person like that's my best yep. like okay so anyway i went down a rabbit hole yep and the post they posted was a conversation between activist Grace Lee Boggs and Dr. Angela Davis. Um, mm. So good. So good. So good. Um, Grace Lee Boggs is an Asian um, American woman and just like a revolutionary in so many ways. And in it, she says, she said a lot of things, but what really triggered me and like reminded me a good trigger Um, She speaks about this idea that we have, what we want in the world, we have to, like, reimagine. It does not exist. And, like, really the Mm. only, like, the, we have to go beyond protesting. We got to go beyond, um, like, there's 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 another level of resistance that looks like reimagining. Like, using your imagination to think about what can be. And I just like, I like warmed my heart because I just know that this, where we, where we at right now is bullshit. <laughs> like I was like, this can't be it. This ain't it. I know this ain't it. I know this ain't it. <laughs> and like, as someone who myself, like I really, you know, engage in the shits. Like I like get, like get into it. 
it was so helpful to remember like my work is to reimagine, to keep my mind open and moving towards what is possible. And so I'm definitely gonna, you know, we'll share this in the show notes, but I really was feeling, feeling really good about that idea. I was feeling really good about that idea. Yes. I love positive triggers because <laughs> that's not usually where I go, but that's my personality. All right. I'm so excited. It feels like, you know, um, Christmas. Yes. I was about to say, about. you know, I was like, oh my God, this is the real good stuff. Okay. And so, can I have my fave Candace Bimbo for a thousand, please? Okay. Let's do it. Let's get into it. So. The good sis Candace Marie Benbow, mm-hmm. the womanist theologist, our friends in our head, yes. we love. Yeah. Um, I stand. Yeah. Um, so she, let's take the, the story back. Kirk Franklin, uh, the beloved puffy of gospel, um, <laughs> came out. That's, I mean, so you know, ac- that's so accurate. And I've never I've never put those things together, but that's so accurate. Go ahead. That makes yeah, sense just, you know, and, nah, and I enjoy sense. a good Kirk Franklin song. I've enjoyed them since yes, high school, yes, you know, whatever, yes, you know, yes. he does the things. Um, and I enjoy him on the show, Black Love, you know, him and mm-hmm. his wife, we get into their relationship a little. Yep. His son, Carrion, or Carrion, I don't know exactly how you pronounce it, mm-hmm. um, is 33. Mm-hmm. And his son released a recording of him and his father arguing, getting into it, and Kirk Franklin cusses him out Mm -hmm. like a dirty stranger on the street. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. and it's a whole thing. Like they go back and forth, you know, what have you. I wasn't very interested in it because a long time ago I have been like, I have learned that everybody is yes. And, um, I never thought Kirk Franklin was perfect. He's Mm -hmm. revealed that it's been revealed. Mm -hmm. Um, and also I was kind of like, for good or bad, and I don't know that this is right or wrong. I'm mm-hmm. trying not to stand in judgment of myself. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is between a parent and a child. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be over here. I got stuff to do. Mm-hmm. So, of course, the story starts to snowball. Kirk Franklin comes out and apologizes. Um, they talk about them being in therapy. All of these other stories come out around who he could be, who he should be. Mm-hmm. And the boy's mother comes out. Not the boy. The man's mother comes out. The child's mother comes out and talks about some historical things that go on. And... Um, Again, I'm kind of like, I'm having none of it. But then the good sis Candace starts posting and fucks my whole head up around (laughs) parenting and black people and our plantation-based parenting styles and things that we have swallowed that are poison, Mm -hmm. right? And Mm -hmm. so I'm like, why why she want to snatch my edges on this Mm -hmm. morning about Mm -hmm. what we've accepted and what we, how we revere parents and how there is room for grace around our parents, but there's also room for accountability. So she Mm -hmm. writes this piece on her blog, and I will post in the comments, but she talks about, from a church-based perspective, Psalm 27, about David and God and how, like, you know, they're in the middle of this psalm that has nothing to do with what he posts, what what this um, verse 10 says. He just stops and says, and when my parents forsake me, God will get me. And not if my parents forsake me, when my parents forsake me, God will have me. So like this thing is going to happen. And about how, you know, in black church, that's preached all the time. And there's ways people spin it. And, you know, they also talk about revering your parents and all that stuff and ways in which black people talk about, yes, all these things happen, but look how I turned out. 
I'm all these things made me better things ways in which we don't acknowledge abuse harsh words or how we do levels to it like at least I wasn't with so-and-so's parents mm-hmm. or what have you so my mother only screamed on me my mother beat me with the belt but she ain't doing extension cord you know all of those things and so obviously I'm sitting with not only little Andrea but I'm also sitting with the child that I raised right mm-hmm. and so I'm, I'm back and forth between the things that I have accepted And ways in which I have, when I have tried to parent differently, I was called lax. I was called like all sorts of things because again, like we have ingrained these things about, uh, I'm I'm going to prepare my child in my house for what the world is going to do for them. Mm -hmm. And we don't do it with love. We do it with harsh words or what have you, or ways Mm -hmm. in which we haven't addressed our own anger. And so we hurl them all over our kids. Mm -hmm. So this is not a judgment of Kirk Franklin or anything like that. It's really about the piece that Candace Benbo wrote Mm -hmm. around having grace for your parents, but still recognizing that what was done was harsh, was abuse, holding them accountable, and then dismantling the systems around how we even got there. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, so we were taught that punishment is what you do to something bad, right? Mm -hmm. Slaves were, enslaved people were whipped within an inch of their lives to being Mm non-compliant. All of that has trickled down. For many of us, not that our parents didn't love us, but the expression of love was conditional on compliance. Mm Mm-hmm on being right in the ways that they told you that you were supposed to be right. Mm -hmm. So whether it's good grades, whether it's, you know, watching your sister and brother, whether it's cleaning the house or being a certain type of quote unquote lady or certain type of quote unquote man and whatever they were doing was to make you tough or what have you. And it was like sitting with that. And I was like, wow, it's so funny how I dismiss this as this is what goes on between you know, grown people. And even me, I was like, you know, when my child comes to me with the grown woman energy, I'm like, sis, let's back it up. I'm not cursing her out, but I can't, I can't lie. Like I haven't, my mouth hasn't flown left mm-hmm. on many occasions. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no matter what age she is, this is still a person I love and care about. Even if I'm not taking care of her anymore, mm-hmm. why is it okay to speak to her in any manner? Because I feel like since mm-hmm. I gave birth to her, I have ownership over her. Mm-hmm. And where did we learn that? Mm-hmm. So she fucked me up. Like she, she had me all in my feelings and it was a beautiful piece. I love her. her. We love her. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I was all up in that post too. Cause I mean, that was powerful. I think there's a lot of work to do around what it is to be a parent of an adult and what Mm. it is to be a parented adult because that relationship never changes. And I think that's a that's, no. a that's a hard reality that I think all of us, I, I can't speak, like, I think black folks, I would say, I will keep it real specific. As a black Caribbean woman who is a parent of children, who has a parent, that relationship. Speak, speak my words. Speak yeah, my words. Yes, that's it's, me. It's, that's me as well. <laughs> It's really tricky. It's really tricky yeah. because how, you know, my children will witness how I am engaging with my mother and how she's engaging with me and how it replicates how she engages with them. It's a lot to unpack and it's confusing because if, she, you know, this ain't Raising Rebels, so I'm not going to tell, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to go here and tell my, all my antidotes, but what I will say, what I will say, what I will say. <laughs> but it's all Raising Rebels, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so, isn't it? Um... <laughs> What I will say is that you never stop being a parent to your child. And 
how you, you know, this idea like, well, you're an adult, you know, something that people say, well, he's an adult now. And you'll even say it like I've said it to my siblings, you know, my siblings, something when someone's still in their feelings about something that happened when we were 12 years old. I'm like, well, we grow now. Like, we got to get over it. You got to get over it. You got to forgive. You got to get over it. And it's not that you it's not important for you to forgive and to move forward. But the getting over it can't just be on the, the child. There has yes. to be a renegotiating of how we relate to each other that allows for there to be forgiveness and growth. And so if you want to still be talking to me and treating me and still engaging and not owning and not being accountable to the harm you have caused me, even when you were doing your very, very best, there's not really a path forward for us or, you know, no. past this thing. No. And so it's going to keep coming up. You know, I've seen resentments that grown, grown, like 60, 70-year-old people have towards their parents who they love and respect and showed all the reverence to. And then, you know, they pass away. And at the funeral, you see all kinds of like, wait a minute, you were holding on to that. You, that's what you, that's, at, you, at, you're holding on to hold that. Hold on. At the die? funeral? At the, at the funeral. At the funeral. <laughs> like you were, I, I've been wanting to talk about this, but I had to wait till my mama died before I really talked about or let myself all have the, the feelings that I had. About. I always wanted to leave the country, but I wasn't going to do it. But now that my mama died, and I don't have to talk to her about it. Or I was always going to date women, but I can't do it. I, I wait till my mom. That is, that's problematic. Like, that's a problem. And what we don't recognize is that it, it prevents us from being in real relationship with our children and with our parents, even as adults. But I think that the hard thing, too, is, and as parents, because we're talking about this from the child to the parent, right? The other piece of the work is, as parents, me allowing my daughter when she's older to have conversations with me and sit in it right mm -hmm. and even if they feel circular even if we have to have them 70 times to Absolutely. sit in it Absolutely. because what my daughter witnesses with me and my mother who is and you know a mm -hmm. caribbean woman of a certain age of a boomer generation we not having no conversations and if i try to have a conversation the conversation will end as most parents fine i was a bad parent it's not what i'm saying mm -hmm. but you know and and this is not a this is not a judgment of them but they don't necessarily have the tools nor at this point do they want the tools to have these kinds of conversations because they're hard because i'm doing my work and i can see my mother as a human i can try to do the work for myself but there's only so far i can go so when i've been in her house too long and we start to snap at each other what my daughter is witnessing is my resentment. Even though by mm -hmm. technical terms I have mm -hmm. turned out fine, she's witnessing my resentment in action and she's like, all right, mom, it's time for us to go. Mm -hmm. Because it's getting to a point where she doesn't know where this is coming from. She's just witnessing the aftermath mm -hmm. of a child who has not held her parent accountable mm -hmm. and probably never will be able to and a parent who's that like, part, that part. but we're not happening and <laughs> that it's, that's not happening in my house. Mm -hmm. So, and I don't care if you grown and your child is here, I will call you out. Mm -hmm. And so this cycle. Yeah. Whew, just put it I down. Just we just need <laughs> just to put, put it down. down. Just put we it just down. need to put it down. Because that's the part yeah, we all so. know. Like we're like, don't, you don't want to judge Kurt Franklin, but we know enough to know you ain't, you probably not owning your shit. And it's not you about, not. it's not about, it's not about saying sorry. It's not about like, it's about really owning the harm that you cause your child. Right. Like, don't apologize to us. Yeah. We are no one. Exactly. Apologize to him. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. All right. Thank you, Anne.
Thank you, Nolika. This was fun. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you.